this episode of the Range Minded Podcast, the one I'm calling episode 201.1. I think that's how the cool kids do it. Anyways, the reason why it's such a confusing episode number is I recorded a podcast on Thursday. I couldn't get the audio version out. There is a video version of episode 201 on our YouTube channel, the Range Minded Podcast, but I couldn't get the audio over and it just oh I tried and I was super frustrated anyways we're gonna be talking about that uh, that shoot in Texas at the Taqueria was it a good shoot was it a bad shoot you can get my perspective on it we're gonna be talking about some of the wins that we've had lately I didn't really go through all the exact gun law numbers but there's been some great pro 2a rules lately in the courts and then we talk about the ginormous elephant in the room the ATF just dropped their final rule on pistol braces and we go through that a little bit and you can imagine this might get super frustrating anyways hope you enjoy this episode of the range minded podcast episode 201.1 good morning good evening whatever time of day it might be when you're listening to the range minded podcast yes that's what you're listening to right now What's up? It's Steve. Welcome back. Uh, I'm going to be calling this one episode 201.2. I tried to record a, an episode the other day. I did it uh, on, on video platform. I was able to upload the video on our YouTube channel, Range Minded Podcast on YouTube. But for some reason, I couldn't extract the audio to put it on, on here. I tried and tried and tried. It was like 1230 at night. Finally, I gave up. Gave the old computer the middle finger and said, I'm done. I tapped. And again, I tried to do it tonight. I still couldn't get it to pull through. So you're getting kind of a bonus version of the podcast. It's going to sound different than the one, the episode 201 on YouTube because it is different. But I'm still calling this 201. So whatever, if that's confusing, then uh, take an Altoid and sit back and we'll get through it. All right. So... There is so much to talk about. From when I recorded the 201, the YouTube version, the next day, the ATF decided it was going to flex its muscles and drop the final pistol brace rule, which will take effect, who knows when, whenever they decide to publish it. Or they honestly said, hey, you know what, it's, uh, it's not really effective until um, the date of publication, 120 days after the date of publication, which will most likely, man, I'm struggling to communicate here, will most likely be this upcoming Monday. What is that? Today's the 14th, what, the 16th? Yeah, something like that. Um, 120 days from the 16th, most likely. But they also conveniently said, or we can enforce it whenever we want. So, you know what? Bless their heart. But we're going to get to that a little bit later. I want to try and keep to the same show prep outline that I had um, for the original episode. So here is what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit about self-defense, which I know is nothing new for this crowd, but I want to talk about that shooting in Texas. I'm sure you've seen that video. Um, We'll get to that, but I also want to have a conversation um, that is going to be hopefully a little bit more uplifting than not about us winning the proverbial gunfight. I'm not talking about self-defense. I'm talking about via the Constitution. Is the 2A, the pro-Second Amendment crowd, 
the pro-freedom crowd, are we winning the proverbial gunfight against the radical left? Because that's what they are. It's not Democrats anymore, friends. Because there are a lot of good blue dog Democrats that love the Second Amendment. I've put my foot in my mouth around some before. There's a lot of good Democrats that love love their guns. But that they're not the problem. It's the radical left, the the true extremists. I mean, they want to paint us as extremists, but it's the true extremists that are the problem right now. And man, side note, which I'm I'm good at side notes. Can you guys hear the fan on my computer? For some reason, it has been running like crazy. I wonder if I can compress it out or something. Who knows? No, that's I think it's just gonna be what it is. Anyway, let's just keep going. Uh, maybe it doesn't bother you as much as it is bothering me right now. All right, let's go to the Texas shooting. Um, most likely the videos that you've seen, or have, or maybe you haven't seen them yet. Let's just assume that you haven't. If you look for this video, it's most likely going to be pixelated out. The firearms are going to be pixelated out. The, the shots are going to be pixelated out. Um, and there's no sound. So, so let's talk about what it is, if, if you haven't seen the video. So um, I'm not sure when this happened. The other couple weeks ago, probably in Texas, they were, it looked like it was evening, late evening in this little taqueria in Texas. This dude comes in with a gun, waving his gun around everywhere, pointing it at people, demanding them that they give him his stuff. It, it's a robbery, right? And he's just going to, from table to table, taking people's stuff. As he's working his way, counterclockwise through the restaurant he passes this table with two people at it and you can see that the, the gentleman uh, do i call him a gentleman let's let's just air quotes call him the good guy okay good guy with a gun backs toward the security camera so you can't really see much but you can see him kind of fidgeting around um bad guy is only paying attention to to his purpose there right he had his mind focused on what he was doing and didn't know how to read the room so as bad guy passes good guy, good guy retrieves his firearm from what looks like an appendix carry. Um, good guy starts making his way clockwise again, walks past good guy's table. Good guy drops four rounds in bad guy's back. Pop, 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 pop. Bad guy doesn't seem to appreciate that so much. In fact, it kind of looked like he was trying to get up and escape or run away. Or maybe he was turning around to fight some more, whatever. Nonetheless... Four more rounds from the good guy. One, two, three, four. Bad guy's on the ground. Um, up to this point, I would consider this a good shoot. Maybe you disagree with me. That's fine. But up to up to eight rounds fired, I think good guy with the gun was doing the right thing. Right? He was worried about his safety, the safety of whoever was at the table with him, and the safety of those around him. Um, and you might say, oh, well, you shot him in the back. That's You can't shoot people in the back. Yes or no? I, I mean, we don't know what this guy's intent was. So at that point, I, I still think it's a clean shoot. Here's where it gets a little muddy, a little murky, um, a little, uh, I'm not quite sure what to call it, a little questionable. After shot number eight, Good guy gets out of the table, out of the booth where he was sitting up, walks towards bad guy, points the gun to the back of his head, 
one more round pop which appears to be execution style okay this is where i feel like uh it's a bad shoot and maybe you're saying no he's a hero he saved the lives of other we don't know what's going to go on i've seen lots of comments um, keyboard commando saying, no, it was still a good shoot. It was still a good shoot. He didn't know what was going to happen. He had to stop the threat. And, and that was how he decided to stop the threat. Okay. I don't know all the facts. You don't know all the facts. We just don't know yet. There was no audio. We don't know what was said, what was going down. We weren't there. But from my outset as an instructor, as some that have uh, listened to a lot of attorneys talk about, um, where, where lethal force needs to end, at what point uh, could you be prosecuted for murder? Uh, it, it uh, And I'm not an attorney. This is not legal advice. Don't take it as legal advice. Never take any information from this show as legal advice unless we have some sort of attorney on there. Why do I feel that's bad? Well, I feel like uh, I feel like the threat may have been stopped. Again, I wasn't there. I don't know. But what appears to be an execution. I think is a little bit more than a gray area. And I think it's going to be very difficult to defend in court. But it doesn't end there. The good guy retrieves all the articles that were taken from each one of the people there at the restaurant. And he gives everything back. After he gives everything back, he gets in his truck and he drives away. He didn't call police. He didn't, uh, you know, didn't. Talk to anybody, as far as we can tell. We don't know what else transpired there. He gets in his old red Ford pickup truck, and he leaves. As far as I know, again, this is being recorded on the 14th of January. As far as I know, the, the cops have not found him. So, you know what? I don't know. They say, hey, we want to talk to you. They, they put stuff online on, in, you know, the socials and such. They're really trying to find this guy. And they're saying, hey, man, you're not in trouble. We just want to talk to you. I imagine that that discussion is going to end up in handcuffs and he's going to have to get an attorney, which, mind you, if you're in a, in a defensive shoot situation, you're probably going to go to jail anyways. Now, I've heard I've heard stories of people that uh, that I know that say they've been in in defensive gun situations where they've had to use their firearms to defend themselves and had, do I say positive results? Have had results where the the presiding authority of, of legal authority there, I don't know if it was the sheriff or one of his deputies, gave this gentleman I know his firearm back. He, they were traveling through Texas, and this was many years ago. Traveling through Texas, they get in a, an altercation, had to use his gun, the sheriff, you know, took took this guy's gun. It was a 1911. After interviewing, gave his gun back and said, you're going to keep traveling. And I said, correct? Well, I had other places. Only. No, you're going to keep traveling. Is that correct? And finally, he got the hint. He was pretty young from what he was telling. Look, he, this gentleman's old now. And this, this story was told to me quite a while ago. So I'm sure I'm missing some. Anyway, basically the gist of the story, the sheriff said no you're you're leaving town and you're not coming back you're you're not getting prosecuted but you're not coming back to this town now that could have been bullshit i don't know who knows this guy was a good talker so he could have just been blowing smoke somewhere you never know nonetheless 
if you take a good, solid concealed carry class, at least in the state of Idaho, we're required if you're taking the enhanced class. We've talked about the different levels of permits that we have here in the state of Idaho. If you're taking the enhanced class, the top tier class, if you will, you're required to sit through four hours of legal presentation, which we talk about um, your rights and your responsibilities as a concealed carry holder. And we talk about lethal use of force and uh, and where that boundary line is. Because we want, we want people here in Idaho anyways that take that class to be armed with as much information as possible, not just the gun. The gun is the tool. The weapon or the life-saving device truly is the mind. And you need as much education and understanding as possible. So why did I bring this this shoot up, okay? What was the point? I think it's a great learning tool. Um, oh, I forgot to mention too. <laughs> um, it turns out the bad guy's gun was just a black plastic toy. Now, some of you might figure, hey, that that that's it. He's going to jail. He murdered that guy. The guy didn't even have a real gun. Here's the problem. In a situation like that, something happens really fast. It looks like a real gun. I think in that instance, good guy with a gun made the right choice still. He didn't know it was a toy gun. If you're going to try to rob a place in Texas of all states with a toy gun, you probably, uh, you're probably going to meet the same fate. Stupid idea, right? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Now, it's important to understand this. This is why I brought this up, is I wanted to talk about something called the reasonable person test. Maybe you've heard of that before, maybe not. This test has been in use in law for a very, very long time. Um, you can look up the history of the test. Uh, I think it actually started in England a long time ago and and found its way here. But I'm talking like... A long time ago. Anyway, basically what a reasonable person test is, is in a situation like this and in others, you need to ask yourself, would a reasonable person make the same decision as this guy did at this time, having the same amount of information? Was it, was it reasonable to assume that the gun was real? Yes. In my opinion, yes. Was it reasonable to assume that the people in the restaurant were in danger? Yes, absolutely. So it's important to look at, and I know I do it too. Whenever we see something like this or the Rittenhouse or the, the Dickon case or any of the others, we get, we get excited to express our point of view. But I think it's important that we need to stand back, look at it as, and, and use the reasonable person test and say, would somebody else make that same decision? It's, it's hard because we don't have all the facts. We don't all the ha have all the facts in this case. We don't have all the facts in the Dickon case and countless others. It's easy for us to just watch a video and say, oh, that was a good shoot. That was a bad shoot. Whatever. We need the information before we have a, a solid opinion. Okay. We like to jump to conclusions. Everybody does it. We think it's the right way to do it. So, yeah, we, we can't do that. Oh. Hi.
All right. It's funny because as I'm doing this, I'm actually reading some comments because, you know, I, I openly said this on the, on my Instagram account that this was a bad shoot and people are, people are making fun of me. Folks, this is not a good shoot. And I would be surprised if this guy gets away unscathed with it. I mean, we don't want to see bad people go to bad, you know, or good people go to jail over, you know, trying to be good Samaritans. It does happen. I just think it's going to be very difficult for this guy to explain, especially shot number nine. It's going to be very difficult. We don't know. We don't know. Remember the reasonable person test. If if you've never heard of it, I know I just kind of, <coughs> excuse me, butchered the explanation. Look it up. The USCCA talks about it in depth in some of their concealed carry material. It, it And I'm sure you can find stuff online about it. It's not some ob- obscure way to, to interpret the law. It It is used time and time again. Okay. Let's see here. Are we winning the gunfight? That's the next thing on my list. And again, we're talking about the proverbial gunfight. Let's go to Gun Owners of America. I think that's where I had a lot of my intel here. Fortunately, I didn't save a lot of the links that I had when I wrote down my show prep because I just kind of winged it. So... I know with this pistol brace thing, the final rule, it kind of feels like a kick in the nuts, right? I think some of us kind of saw this thing coming anyway. Uh, But it still sucks, right? And we can, it's easy for us to look at all the kick in the nuts that we've had over the last 10 years, 15 years. We've had some really good decisions. You know, we talk about Heller, which wasn't a perfect decision by the Supreme Court, but it was still very pro-gun. Justice Antonin Scalia was very pro-Second Amendment. It's too bad that he passed away under, under a pillow. I'm sure that was just a night terror or something. Anyway, hashtag conspiracy theory. And then we got Bruin. Bruin was by far one of the best pro-Second Amendment opinions that we have seen. I think it was better than Heller. Um, I'm sure there's others that were absolutely amazing. Um, honestly, the, the EPA, I can't remember the name of the EPA case, which talks about um, agencies making their own law outside of uh, outside of Congress, which actually that is a huge, huge case to be made against the ATF. Huge. Huge. So there's a lot of good stuff happening. And not only that, there's some state-level stuff that is fantastic. I'm sure you've heard about the bump stock ban from the Fifth Circuit out of Texas, putting a stay or a TRO. I can't remember what it was called. Basically saying, you can't do that. You can't. Uh, it's an accessory. It it is not. Uh, it does not turn a gun into a machine gun. It's stupid. Okay, let let me be clear, and I'm sure I've been clear about this before. Bump stocks are stupid. 
I think they're a complete waste of money. Um, I don't think they're that fun. I think they're kind of hard to control. Uh, and if you guys don't know what a bump stock is, um, most of you probably do, but in case there's somebody out there who doesn't. So it replaces the regular stock on a firearm on an AR style rifle. And there's a spring in the back of it. And as that firearm recoils from, from a fired shot, it, it pushes against that spring and allows you the, it's really hard to explain, I guess. It's something you need to see, but it's got a funky shape around the trigger. And as you bring your fingers through the trigger guard, as the spring activates the stock, it just resets the trigger faster. It does not turn anything into full auto. It does not meet the criteria of a full auto machine gun. Does not. The trigger still does one thing at a time, one pull, one bullet. That's the way it works. It doesn't change any of that. It just makes the reset faster. Let's put it that way. And it's not the same as a binary trigger where you can can flip the switch. Binary triggers fire on the press and then the release of the trigger, which is still not a machine gun. It is one fire per action of the trigger. Okay? Not a machine gun. Anywho, Fifth Circuit says, hey, these don't meet the criteria. You need to go through this again and look at it under the scrutiny of Bruin and make a better decision, which is great. Does that mean we can go out and buy bump stocks right now? No. Do I recommend buying a bump stock? That's up to you. I think they're stupid. Um, but I don't think you can't own one either. Honestly, you should be able to own whatever you can afford. Does that mean buying an Abrams? Yeah. An A10? Sure. An Apache? Okay. Uh, but I think that needs to be regulated by the free market. Now, I don't know what it costs the government to for an A10. I'm sure it's more than I can afford. And maybe for private use, it should be 10 times that, but not illegal. Not illegal. And maybe that surprises you. Maybe that offends you. Maybe that makes you think this guy is an extremist. And maybe I am an extremist. I don't know. I just think uh, since since history proves from the founding of this country that civilians have owned the same kind of arms as the military for many, many years, we should still be able to. There's history in that. Oh, but Steve, there's no history showing an AR-15. They couldn't have known that existed back then. It doesn't matter. They had repeating firearms back then. They sure did. Problem is, is uh, people, doesn't, people don't want to do the, the history. They don't want to look. The guy in the White House says, well, you can't go buy a cannon. Yeah, actually, I can, I can go buy a cannon. And in fact, there's lots of historical figures that were privateers that owned ships full of cannons that were used to defend the United States against the, the British. But that, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I digress. Oh, my phone's going crazy. Maybe I should move it. All right. Anyway, back to the task at hand. We were talking about winning the fight. Okay. There are, there have been many, many rules as of late, thanks to Bruin, that have been sent back down to the lower courts. Now, 
Something might change. It doesn't mean that those things have been overturned like the bump stock ban. It just means that those have to go back to a lower court and they have to use Bruin as as the judge. I shouldn't say the judge. As the, the metric, as the test. Um, they've been using something for years called Chevron deference, which uh, was not an original. like That, that didn't come from a, a, a gun case that came, I believe, from, uh, I think from Chevron, actually, the, the oil company. I could be wrong. I'm lazy and I didn't do the history on it, but you'll just have to do that yourself. I guess I could too, but I'm not going to talk. I, that's not what this is about. But what they've been using is they've been using a different metric, a different test that always has been falling in the favor of our rights being chipped away. Bruin says, nope, you have to go back to history and text. And you have to prove that these things didn't are not covered. Not the other way around. What it should be in the judicial system right now is the law is supposed to always land in the favor of the citizens. If they can't make a decision, it's supposed to always land in the favor of the citizen. Because we are innocent till proven guilty. Okay? Again, I'm not an attorney, so take this for what it's worth. But what's been happening over the last several years is uh, the lower courts, the ninth and the fifth and some of those other circuit courts, they've been kind of uh, they've been kind of lazy, and they've been only looking through the purview of their um, political political beliefs, which it feels like. I guess I should allegedly allegedly. At least that's what it feels like. But now Bruin's decision says, no, you have to go to the context of the Constitution. Okay? And that's a major win. And we are already seeing the effects of Bruin in so many cases, like the bump stock case. Now, let's pivot a little bit. Is this going to turn... Is Bruin going to be able to defend the... Uh, ATF's latest bump not bump stock um, arm brace rule. Okay, on on Friday, the thirteenth of all days, <laughs> ATF's decided to say, "Hey, okay, here's our final rule on on braces." Now, I did something that uh, many of you probably won't do. Is and I'm, honestly, I haven't finished it yet, but I've read read uh, sixty six pages into this law. Oh, I keep calling it a law into this final rule, which holds the weight of law. And I'm scrolling down here while I've got it pulled up. Let's look. There are 293 pages. Um, now, many of these pages have pictures and metrics and definitions. Uh, but there, I mean, it's my, I almost printed it off until I looked how many pages there really were. And I didn't want to go through a whole ream of paper just to, just to throw this away. Cause that's how I kind of feel about it. Let's talk about arm braces for a second. First of all, now originally arm braces, the original submission to the ATF, uh, which I didn't know until I reading this final rule was in 2012. Um, and then SIG adopted that same thing in 2012 and made a couple versions of it. And then from that point on, excuse me, Ooh. 
from that point on, lots of uh, lots of manufacturers submitted their stuff to the ATF, which many of them got approved. Many of them by the ATF. Why is that important? Because they said it was cool from 2012 to what 2019, probably 2020, something like that. Maybe even more recent. They said, yeah, yeah, you're good. Well, then they decided, oh, well, and maybe you remember this. They talked about the shouldering, whole shouldering thing, and it was a big deal. I think that was like in 2017 or 2018. Then they created this worksheet saying, oh, well, this may be an SBR, which we kind of, I'm sure there was lots of us that felt like that this was the direction it was going to go. I've honestly felt like this is the way that it was going to go from the first time I ever saw an arm brace. Um, then they started to say, well, if it can be, I think they call surface, if it has the surface area to shoulder, then it no longer is a brace and now is a stock, hence it's an SBR and falls under the GCA, the Gun Control Act, and the NFA, um, National Firearms Act. Um, both those acts were designed to mitigate unusual weapons, I think is the term that they say. Um, and because it's a public safety issue. Anyway, there is a lot to digest in this paperwork, a lot. And you can find a lot of uh, good YouTube channels going through what's in here. Um, honestly, I think GOA has one. Uh, the Armed Scholar, who I like to watch, talks about it. Um, Jonathan Crum, I think is his name. He They actually did a live and they kind of read a lot of this up. It was pretty interesting, actually. There's a lot in this rule. Basically, what it's saying is at, at the time of publication, which is probably going to be, I think I already said this, Monday the 16th um, of January, for 120 days from then, anybody that has firearms with pistol braces on them now that's not just ar style pistols but that includes like the micro roni or any of those with braces on them you have 120 days from publication to submit your fingerprints and, and basically doing a form one <clears throat> to the atf and uh and you'll have an sbr because that's what they're considering them now funny thing is is they say that it's kind of an amnesty that 120 days, but the ATF can go ahead and um, prosecute anybody in the meantime, if they feel like it up to that 120 days. And then that's the cutoff after that. If you have one and you're not registered, then you're subject to uh, fines, $250,000 fines and 25 years in prison or whatever it is. Maybe it's 10 years in prison, but it's a big deal, right? And they're, they're swinging their junk around saying, Hey, you have to listen to us. This is the way it is. I find it interesting, though, that the comments or how they represent the comments and the commenters in this in this paperwork. Again, there's 200 and something pages on here. And yeah, I've I've read it. I've read it. Well, not all of it. OK, I lied. I read about 66 pages of it. Got sick of it. But how they represented the comments and the commentors. So. They got 275,000 comments. No, wasn't that many. 237,000 is what it was. The vast 
majority of commentors, 217,000, were basically telling the ATF to stick it. That means that there was about 20,000 comments in support of this rule change, saying that, uh, you know, these things are bad, there's a public safety issue. Um, it was just ridiculous. And now I got to find it again. Because some of the things that were said were just absolutely appalling. Absolutely appalling. Uh, let's see. I wish I wouldn't have moved it. Dang it. So, yeah. 217,000 comments were opposed to the, to the aspects of the rule. Approximately 96,000 comments were form letters. Uh, but 20,000 were in support of the rule and 18,000. 18,000 of those were just form letters. That means they only got 2,000 original commentors not using a form letter, if my math is correct. They got 217,000 of commenters in opposition. 217,000. Of those, of those 97,000 were basically form letters. Let's do that math. 217,000 minus 97,000, 96,000, excuse me. That means that there were 121,000, at least 121,000 original letters written to the ATF, not form letters, in opposition to this rule change. Now, you might have heard the president talk about our democracy, which I hate that because we're a representation we're a republic okay i know representative doc, doc democracy i can't talk because i'm tired I'm tired of this crap anyways One hundred twenty-one thousand original comments now they are happy to uh to spread apart the cheeks and talk about these the two thousand original commenters um in in favor of making this real change. And there are some that just piss me off. Right? So here's a here's one that's fun. I love I love the 2A. I love my guns. Never give them up. That being said, if you put a put to your shoulder, it, it's a rifle. Close quote. Stupid. The thing that really pissed me pissed me off. <laughs> really pissed me off. I'm going to read this. Numerous commenters stressed this rule would help close the arm brace loophole, pointing out that uh, pointing out that while braces may be useful in certain instances, problems arise when they are made as a functional bump stock. For instance, commenters agreed with the ATF that there are individuals who are trying to circumvent the law by calling a collapsible stock a brace, when it really the braces are being used as bump stocks. Do you understand what I just said there? They are listening to comments of people that have no freaking clue, zero understanding of what a firearm is, what an arm brace is, what a bump stock is. Zero clue. And if we talk about majority rules, 2,000 comments 
compared to 121,000 comments. Original handwritten letters. Well, not really handwritten. But non-form letters. That's a vast difference of people that made their voices heard. Yet the ATF still chose to say, "Yeah, we're going to do what we want anyways. We don't, we don't give a damn what you guys think because you're stupid and we're smart and we need to justify our existence. Frustrating, friends. Frustrating. <sighs> Woo. Saba. Goosefraba. That's what it is. Goosefraba. <laughs> the problem is here with these comments, like I say, they, they give a, a positive light to these comments that are in support of the ATF. But when it comes to dissenting remarks towards the ATF, they basically call... Um, I shouldn't say they don't, they don't call anybody anything. Okay. This is kind of my opinion, but from what it looks like, what I've been reading, they make us sound like anti-ATF, anti-regulation, anti-law, zealots, freaks, insurrectionists. I mean, after all, they basically say that only criminals use bump stocks. I'm bump stocks. Oh my gosh. Now I'm doing it. Only criminals are using arm braces. I, be, I need to really do some research. I want to see how many arm braces have been used in criminal activity. They could only point out two because the ATF specifically talked about them. Two instances where arm braces were used in a shooting. Two. But they say there's a rise in criminal activity using these. There are somewhere between... And this is more of a, just a guesstimation. There's definitely 20 to 40,000. Most likely there's between 40 and 70,000 arm braces out there. Now think about this. Okay. You might be thinking I'm just making up numbers. There were 20, 20 million ARs out there in public hands right now. Okay. That's rifles not receivers, not uppers. That is rifles purchased at stores with background checks being done. That does not count receivers. That does not count AR pistols. There are tens of millions of arm braces in circulation right now. Tens of millions. And they could come up with two instances where bad guys are using these, and that's that's the defensive case. Maybe there's more, maybe there's not enough room to put this in their stupid little letter. Think about that, guys. Think about that. This is not about gun control per se. It's about controlling us. What are you guys going to do? Are you guys going to go ahead and, and fill out the paperwork? Get your fingerprints done. Take pictures, serial numbers of your, of your guns. Submit them all. You can do what you want, right? I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not telling you to not do it. You guys can do what you want. 
there's a lot of folks saying, yeah, this is a win for us, man. This is a win for us because now I got SBRs, man. I can, I don't have to worry about the $200 tax stamp. I've got an SBR now. Is that a win? Is it? Are you giving up a little bit of freedom for your stupid rifle? Is it worth it? Because it's not going to stop there, folks. Read the assault weapons, Ben, that they posted. Read it. Read the text. It includes handguns, semi-automatic handguns, semi-automatic shotguns. They want to categorize them as assault weapons. What's going to stop the ATF from saying, well, you know what? That whole arm brace thing didn't work out like we thought. There's a big problem for the sake of public safety. We need to start classifying these as assault weapons. Hello? Is anybody in there? This is the proverbial slippery slope. At what point do we say enough's enough? I know it's easy for you guys to say, that's the government, man. We cannot stand up against the ATF. We cannot stand up against the Department of Justice, of which the ATF is governed. At what point is enough enough? There's so much stuff going on in the world around us. Fuel prices, food prices, interest rates. This is just one more thing, one more rock to throw in the backpack. One more thing. At what point do we say, I guess I could take off the backpack? There are people, there's lawsuits already filed ready to go. There's paperwork ready to go. And I'm sure Monday morning, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits. They're ready to go. There's printers just going crazy right now. There's people out there fighting for our rights. Those people need our money, not people, organizations. And I'll tell you which one isn't. I haven't heard anything from the NRA. Nothing. And if you guys, if, if some of my friends that are at SHOT Show, I didn't get to get on SHOT Show this year, just didn't work out. Nick's down there. You heard that in the other episode. Stop by the NRA. Maybe have a conversation with them. See, see what their plan is. Then go see GOA. Then go see FPC. Talk to your state and local pro-gun organizations. You tell me who's got better plans out there. Chances are, it's not the NRA. That's funny, because we just talked about, are we winning the gunfight, right? Like I said earlier, this is a kick 
to the junk. But I think I think they might have kicked a hornet's nest on this one. They haven't really been paying attention to who's been buying guns over the last few years. There are many people on their side that see the civil unrest, that see the degradation of society. That actually went to shooting ranges. That actually took classes. That saw for themselves that gun people aren't crazy. Are there some crazy gun people? Yeah, I've met a lot. Friends, this is a constitutional issue. Why do you think I'm so passionate about the Second Amendment? Why do you think we even made this podcast? Why do we talk about being good stewards of the Second Amendment? Why? Why do you think? We could have just as easily made uh, a podcast about writing books and talked about the importance of the First Amendment. Or we could be talking about religion in the First Amendment. The Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting, nothing to do with sport, everything to do with your defense of your home and defense of your liberties. And that might sound crazy, that might sound extremist, that might make you uncomfortable. But when you understand what the founders went through to draft this document, if you could go back and live in the world that they lived in, you might change your mind. Here's the fun thing. Did you know that you can kind of go back in time and see the world that they lived in? It's called reading a book. Look up some contemporary documents that they they were reading. John Locke, right? Look up some of his stuff. Look at the Federalist Papers, contemporary writing to the Constitution. Maybe it'll open your mind to reality. Do you guys want to talk about the guns that existed back then? Because it wasn't just the brown bess. It wasn't a duck foot pistol. It wasn't just a flintlock or the clockwork. They had technology. Lewis and Clark, yeah, I know, that was a little later. Lewis and Clark, they had repeating firearms, air rifles. The Indians were amazed at this technology. Look up the puckle gun. That was contemporary. That was an amazing piece of work. Even within the cannons that they used, they had all sorts of different kind of shot. Grape shot, 
mortars, chain shot. Technology then. The founders knew the advancement in technology. And you can't say the founders didn't expect what was going on then to happen now. Sure, I know, they didn't understand smokeless powder. They didn't understand metallic cartridges. Yeah, I know. But they also didn't understand the internet. Cell phones. Typewriters. Macintosh computers. Ballpoint pens. Does that mean our First Amendment rights are garbage? Come on now. Be realistic. I'm passionate about the Second Amendment because I know it's there to preserve my liberty and your liberty. Is it a useful tool? Yeah. When Ozzy Chris was here, he was telling... I can't remember if we had him on the show, actually. Did we have Ozzy Chris on the show when he was here? We had a conversation. We were driving through Yellowstone Park. We went on a little vacay when he was here. He basically said, you know what? Guns are just a device that throws rocks faster and more accurate. If you get to the most basic derivative, rocks have killed far more people than AR-15s over the existence of this globe. Firearms are just a more effective and accurate way of throwing rocks. Whether that be at game or at bad guys. Maybe you think, oh, I'm just admitting, Steve just admitted that AR-15s are weapons of war. No, I didn't. By the way, the pocket knife you carry, that's a weapon of war. No? Haven't they been using sharp instruments for centuries? Those arguments are weak and stupid. Weak and stupid. Don't be weak-minded and don't be stupid. All right. Man, this was just one giant monologue. I don't apologize for it. It is what it is. You get what you get with me. Passion. Passion. Let me tell you this. Let's close with this. Because I'm trying to be a positive guy. That's one of my goals, right? Is to be a little bit more positive. Don't give up. I truly believe we are winning these little battles left and right across the country to defend our, our Second Amendment rights. This final rule is going to hit the court system. No doubt about it. The problem is, is it's going to take several years before it can be struck down by the Supreme Court. And a lot can change before we get to that point. We can't get hung up on that. We need to look beyond the horizon. We need to look beyond the now. 
We need to be looking at people who we can trust to be our leadership. We need to be willing to be that person if it comes down to that. We need to show how normal it is to own a gun in the United States. The only reason why we're the laughing stock, as, as other countries might put it, when it comes to gun violence, is because we have more firearms and we have the laziest news media out there. that will throw up tragedies left and right. Do you think we're the only country that has civil unrest? Do you think we're the only country that has problems with people murdering each other? Of course not. And that includes gun violence. Do you guys pay attention to what goes on south of the border? Have you seen what's been going on with the cartels just across the border? Thousands of murders a year. Thousands. That's just in one region. The violence isn't just an American thing. I've lived in other countries. It, it's not a strictly American problem. Even gun violence is not a strictly American problem. It's not. Don't be caught up in it. Look for the positive things in life. That's why we keep telling you to take somebody shooting. Expose new people to the community. Owning a gun is so normal in the United States. The problem is, is people are too scared to express their right. Because somebody's going to make fun of them. Somebody's going to belittle them. Maybe they'll lose their job. I don't know. America is the land of the free. We are unique. Our constitution is young. Our republic, again, let me say that re again, our republic is young. The design of our government is perfect. The problem is, is we have too many imperfect people trying to run it. There are people only to get gain out there. For status, for money, for fame. You shouldn't be able to run for Congress as a living It's disgusting. Friends, I know you know who I am. If you've stuck around this long, not just in this episode, but from the start of this podcast, you know how passionate I get about this stuff. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I'll never apologize for something I believe. I want you guys to remember and to know how awesome you are. How unique you are. 
why why you're here. You need to figure out why you're here. I'm still trying to figure out why I'm here. Maybe I'll never know. Of course, maybe it's for right now. Maybe it's for reasons like this. Be positive. Be the citizen that you want other people to be. Don't be scared. Stand up for your rights. Make your voices heard. Don't get discouraged, man. Don't get discouraged about even the stuff that I share. (sighs) Nick and I love you guys. Not in a weird way. (laughs) Hopefully you like what I talk about. You know, I have a goal of getting 100 new listeners in January. And honestly, I I want 1,000 people, new people, by the end of the year. And I can only do that if you help me. So I'm asking for your help. I want you to, to share. If you like this episode or if there's another episode you like, I want you to share that episode with a friend. Get them excited about the Second Amendment. Maybe they're brand new to the community. Get them involved. Share this with one person that you know. We want to grow the community. We want to grow the exposure to education, to enlightenment, and to love to the Second Amendment. Because once you start understanding and loving the Second Amendment, you're going to understand how important all of our rights are. And why we have them. Be good citizens. Be good friends. And take somebody shooting. See you guys later. Hey gang. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Range Minded Podcast. We enjoy having you guys here. Plus, if you want to reach out to us on our social medias, uh, we got at Range Minded on Instagram or Facebook or even Twitter now. And we just started a YouTube channel. Well, we started it a while ago, but we're actually trying to use it. You can find us on YouTube as well. If you want to email the show, you can email us at uh, rangeminded at gmail.com. We check that all the time. Anyways, give us a good rating. Give us a review. Whatever it takes. We'll take whatever level you want to give us. And we'll see you next time on the Range Minded Podcast.